This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Amen. Let me just remind you, we will again at the end of the service, but uh, beginning next week, we're going to be moving just across the way, pardon me, for the summer because they're going to be doing some renovation uh, over here in this uh, and throughout this building. So we're going to be moving over to the Taylor Center, which is just next door. There are maps out in the of the campus and everything, so you can locate it just out there. We'll have people out there next week. That's Mother's Day. So Taylor Center next week. We're going to be over there. You're going to love it. It's a beautiful facility. And uh, praise God. It's going to be good. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about getting a grip on our money. <clears throat> and by that, I don't mean trying to hang on to it. But I'm talking about getting a grip on how we are to uh, see our money, see our finances, how we are to manage our finances, and especially in relationship to the kingdom of God and God's word. Because if we do, I found this out, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I found this much out. When I do it God's way, it always works better. Amen. And these principles will prove true. This morning, we're going to just really lay a foundation for it. In the next uh, four weeks, we'll be, we'll be unpacking this even more. But we're going to talk about work and wealth attitudes. I have found out uh, through 36 years of ministry and longer than that being saved that Christians have some pretty strange ideas about money. I've seen, you know, attitudes from, you know, uh, the same as the world has to attitudes that I, all I can call is, is magic thinking. They call it faith, but it's really magic thinking, you know, that, you know, that God's just going to send my, you know, because they hear testimonies. And, and Cindy and I can give testimonies about that. But, you know, some, a testimony is just a snapshot, isn't it? See, I talk about, you know, at times, you know, where God just supernaturally provided for our, our needs. Well, that's a snapshot, but I can tell you about all the seeds we planted and, and, the, and the faith we were using and the obedience being in God's will and all of that. Because, you know, I'm just sharing about that to encourage you. But you, you have all kinds of extreme thinking about money and wealth in the body of Christ. See, some in the body of Christ, they think money's bad. They don't want any. You shouldn't want any. You shouldn't have much. And if you have very much, you must be sinning. Whereas the Scriptures tell us the hand of the diligent will rule. Maybe they're just being diligent. Maybe they're not everybody that's got money is crooked. Maybe they just work hard. Maybe they put money, learn how to put money to work for them. So there's a lot of different things. So we're going to look at attitudes about it. Listen, first thing is this. Work and wealth management is not a result of the fall. Boy, you wouldn't know that by people's attitude. Man, it's Monday morning, blue Monday. I got to get up and go to work. Uh. Well, I can tell you pretty much if that's, that, if that's your standard money, uh, Monday operating procedure, I can pretty much tell you're probably, not, uh, you're probably not, you're certainly not enjoying what you're doing, and you're probably not very productive. And probably those around you are probably not enjoying what you're doing either. 
Listen, work and wealth management is not a result of the curse. It is a stewardship commission given to mankind when, uh, before the fall when man was in paradise. So the first thing is, question is this morning, is work a curse or a call? Awful quiet out there. <laughs> is it a curse or is it a call? Look in Genesis chapter 2. Now, this is before the fall. How many of you know the fall happens in chapter 3? Amen. So, chapters 1 and 2, this is creation, and this is mankind, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden, in paradise. So, notice what God says to them, verse 7. Then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east of Eden. And there he put the man as he had formed him. You know what Eden means, don't you? Delight. That's what the word translated Eden. It means delight. So God had planted a garden of delight. Now, you don't usually think of paradise and delight. We don't usually, uh, you know, connect those to work, do we? Work is that thing that I got to do. You know, I thought about this. Isn't this an interesting thought? Now, how many of you are planning to get to a place to where you no longer have to be a parent or a grandparent or an uncle? But yet, we do that with work. One of these days, I'm going to get to retire. You're going to retire from being a parent? You're going to retire from being a grandparent? What is that? That tells us this whole idea of what we look at about work. Something's not quite right. Now, if you're retired, that's fine. But don't let retirement define your purpose. You know, there's so many stories about people who retire and don't, don't refire in the retirement. In other words, find another outlet that God has for you, a purpose to continue on. And those people who don't, who just, you know, think, okay, I've reached it, man, I'm going to sit down and take my ease, they don't live very long. It says, the Lord God made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground, trees that are pleasing to the eye and good for food. And in the middle of the garden was a tree of, of, of good and evil, a river uh, watering the garden flowed from Eden. It was separated into four headwaters, and he talks about the different rivers. And he talks about how that God put gold there and all kinds of uh, precious stones and things. And then in verse 12, 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of delight, the garden of Eden, to work it. Holy cow. Working in paradise. That, that's an oxymoron for most of us, isn't it? But see, our attitudes are going to affect the way we approach work. And the way we approach work is going to affect the way that we uh, glorify God, the way that we serve God through our working, the way we see our purpose, all kinds of things that are tied to our work that relates to our attitude and our approach from it. So if we're looking at work as a necessary evil, a part of the fall, a part of the curse, well, no wonder you don't want to go to work. I don't blame you. But we need to change our perspective first because if we don't, then we're going to be managing our money from that old viewpoint. 
See, a lot of people, there's usually two attitudes that prevail among people with their money. They either love it or they're afraid of it. And both have a snare. We'll talk about that later. But our attitude is so important. Working in paradise, our view affects our approach of it. We either dread it, we hate it, or we love it. Have you ever run into those rare individuals that love their work? Boy, they're strange birds, aren't they? They're like salmon at spawning time that are going upstream against everybody else. Everybody's going downstream that I can't wait to get out of this job. And this one person comes by, oh, man, I love what I do. What a weirdo. (laughs) You're all laughing. You've run into those. The truth of the matter is they very well may, may be more accurately reflecting God's purpose and attitude about our work than the rest of, I won't say us, them. <laughs> and the Lord God commanded him, you know, you're to eat from every tree and so forth, but he commanded him to work. So really work, if, excuse me, work is designed for three things. It's to yield a purpose. Our work, what we're doing, we should see purpose in what we're doing. Now, I don't have time to get into this because it would take too long. But there came a point uh, in the church, now I'm talking about the church, where there came a separation between what they call the secular and the sacred. The sacred was, okay, you know, people like myself that are in ministry, of course, you know, whether they were called a priest or a preacher or a pastor or whatever they were, you know, now they were dealing with God's stuff. You know, we get deep and holy. God's stuff. And then the rest of you jerks, I mean, not you, the rest of everybody was dealing with, you know, the secular. And, you know, that was second rate. That really wasn't that important. You know, and, and it was, it's a shame that that happened in the church because this dichotomy was brought forward and it had to do with everything else. Well, if, if work is profane, then the money I'm getting from it must be profane and the purpose of it must be profane. And guess what? I must be profane and what I'm doing is profane. But nothing could be further from the truth when you find out what God says about it. Your calling, where you're working, that is a sacred thing. You say, but I'm just working at the left-handed widget factory. Well, you know what? That product is needed by people who operate and need left-handed widgets. And you are adding value. Listen, when you work, you know what our calling is? We're adding value to something. Are you listening? When you go to work, you should see what you're doing. Like Brother Ed here, he's a farmer. You leave that, that, those fields and those lands to itself, and it has a certain value. But you know what? It's growing weeds. It's growing whatever is going to come up. But you take, and you take a farmer who sees that as his calling and his purpose, and he starts tilling the land and sowing seed. All of a sudden, with that cultivation, the value of that land goes up enormously. It's the same thing with your work. Whatever you're doing, you were called, your purpose, you're adding value. 
And you're helping, really, to rule and reign in the earth. I thank God for everybody that's doing the things they're doing so that I can enjoy uh, the, 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 the level of life and the culture we enjoy here. Amen? I'm telling you, I'm glad that not everybody's called to do what I'm doing because I would, you know, I sure do enjoy riding on those smooth streets. I sure am glad the sewage is underground and not above the ground. Are you listening? I'm so glad that, that, that there are people that have skills that, that, you know, when I'm sick, of course, I'm going to God first. But, you know, when I need it, that we've got medical people that are there that have trained who put in the hours. And they're there to help me. First responders, we could go on and on down the line. Everything adds to the value of our society. And that's how we should see our calling in work. So first of all, it was a purpose. Adam, Adam's purpose was to work in the garden. Well, I thought our purpose was just sit around. We're just going to praise God all day. Listen, when you work as unto the Lord, that's worship. Because people around you that don't know the Lord are going to look at your attitude and your work ethic and the way you do it. And when they ask you, why do you do it? That's all you need. I'm glad you asked me. God created us to work. Boy, that'll get them. That, that'll be a di very different non-religious approach to the people that you work with. And you can share with them. Why? Because what? That's purpose. Did you know? You could share with them. Did you know that when you come to work and doing what you do and doing it so well and skillful and the way you've developed your abilities and talents, that glorifies God? That's a whole lot better than saying, you know what? You're going to hell. <laughs> you know, most people that aren't, that don't know God, they probably already know that. Maybe not in those terms. So it yields a purpose. Also, it's about development. How will I know what abilities and skills God's given me unless what? I put it to work. I begin to develop the skill. Every skill and talent in you is in seed form. Education, training, all of those things, learning skills, whether it's on the job or, or, or someone mentoring you or you go to a formal education, you get education, all that. You know what you're doing? You are developing what God has put in you in seed form. And if you develop that just like that field, it will become more valuable. Valuable to the kingdom of God, valuable to you, valuable to meet your needs, and valuable to bless mankind. Wow. That's true, isn't it? And see, don't you see how that glorifies God? Because what? We're created in the image of God. He has put things in us in seed form. This is what we need to be telling the young people. Man, that artistic bent you've got in you that's from God you don't have to you don't have to stop following God and go off out into the, the you know what we're talking about the world system you know because there's no place uh, for you to utilize that gift listen utilize that gift you know religious people get all uptight because you know people in the artistic areas in the church 
You know, they love to they love to play that guitar or to play that instrument or they love to dance to the Lord or or they've got some other uh, gifts that they can use. Listen, that's a gift from God. The devil didn't give you that ability. All he'll do is lie to you and tell you, if you come over here and follow me, you'll get to express it more. But I got news for you. Beginning with Passion Church, we're going to open up avenues for expression of the talents and gifts that God's given to you and to our young people. I don't want to run them off. I want to bring them in. Use those gifts and ability to glorify God. Development. And then, of course, for service. Did you know when you go to work every day, you are serving your city, your community. Absolutely. Whatever it is that you do. If you're doing it well, there's a service attached to that. There's a blessing that's attached to that. And even more so, we who are believers who have the, the favor of God and the Holy Spirit, and we're, we're, we're moving in that realm even more so uh, as we do our job as unto the Lord, we are serving our communities. Now, some things are obvious. We see, we see, obviously, we see, okay, doctors in medical profession, first responders and policemen, but everyone. Man, when you go into the grocery store, aren't you glad that there's food on those shelves? Do you know what it takes to get all that there? You know, it doesn't just magically appear when they turn off the lights at night and they flip them on in the morning and the shelves are stocked again. Man, people got to grow that grain. They got to grow that, that cattle, those chickens and those eggs. And it's got it's to be harvested. It's got to be packaged. It's got to be transported. It's got to be put on those shelves. Man, that's a blessing. What if you went to the... Listen, anybody been reading the news about what's going on in Venezuela? I mean, it's so bad there. There's no food in the stores. There's no food to be had. I remember Cindy and I, when we were uh, 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 missionaries in Argentina, they went through that. People were breaking into the grocery stores not to steal the money, to find some food. Wow. Boy, I sure am glad when I go into whatever store you go into and there's food on the shelf. That's service. That's serving. That ha- See, that can have a God connection. As a believer, they can have a God and kingdom connection. So when we see our going to work, listen, see the connection of it, of purpose, of development, of serving. And all of a sudden, that will, that will make, I'm not saying that that person that, you know, that's hard to get along with, that's all of a sudden, they're going to be a saint, but it'll sure change your attitude as you go to work, as you approach work. And as you go to work, maybe you just need to be praying over work and not praying, oh, God, help me. God, help me get through another day. No. Begin to pray over the purpose of God. God's got you there for a purpose. Amen? Oh, I've got to hurry up. I'm barely getting started here. Working, a curse or a call. It's a call. I believe that. I believe the Scriptures verify that it is a call. Amen? God's called us to that. Look over in Genesis 3. You're right there. Now this is after the fall. We're going to pick it up in verse 14. So God said to the serpent, you know, because the serpent come in and, you know, deceived the woman. And then, you know, of course, you know, us guys like to think that, you know, it was the woman's fault. But if you read there real closely, the guy was standing right there too. Adam was standing right there. 
He didn't say one blessed word. All right, ladies, there was your chance. I even paused for you. I, I won't go into all this thing about passive husbands and all because that's not my sermon right now. But guys, be on the ball. Amen? When the devil shows up around your house, don't just sit back and wait for your wife to do something. All right, let me get back over here. <laughs> Come on. You grab a hold of her hand and say, Come on. We're going to do something about this devil stuff. We're going to do something about this lack stuff. We're going to do something. We're going to pray over the kids. We're going to get on it. Yeah. All right. I mean, <laughs> so it says, because you've done this, he said, cursed are you above all livestock. And he goes on to talk about that and everything. And he talks about the woman. Then in verse 17, he gets to Adam. And he said, because you listen to your wife. All right, we had our time for the women there. Now we're having our time for the <laughs> equal opportunity. Listen, guys, there are times when you need to listen to your wife. That's true, absolutely. But listen, when God says something and your wife says something that's different, listen to God. Amen. And he ate the fruit from the tree. You must, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Why is it so, so, now it's a little more difficult. See, at first God had uh, entertained that man would work and he, his purpose and his development and all service would happen, what? In an untainted atmosphere. The garden of delight. No curse. No. Now the curse is on the ground. So what? He says you're going to have to work harder. It's going to be through toil. It's going to have to be through work. You're going to have to sweat. You're going to have to work at it harder. Amen. <clears throat> that's why in the era we're living in and the age we're living in, hard work is okie-dokie. Are you listening to me? That doesn't mean we can't work smart. Now, when I was growing up, it was very common, and I'm sure probably with Pastor Ed too, for farmers to be working with a, a mule or a horse pulling a plow. That's hard work. Isn't that right? But in the day, that's what they had, so they worked at it. Now, see, if I went by and I saw Ed working 80 acres with one mule and a plow, I would be thinking, wait a minute, something's wrong. <laughs> see, when I say hard work, that doesn't mean we can't work smart. See, he's smart. Well, he's, he can get just one tractor. He's got, what would you say, five that doesn't mean he still doesn't work hard. By that I mean diligent. We're diligent. We, we're, we work. We go whatever our job is. We work at it. We, we give it our best. We work smart. We believe God to give us creative ideas and, and all kinds of things and the blessing of God. But we're diligent as we work that thing. And he said, it's going to take you. Now you're going to have to work harder at it. Isn't that right? And this is why you're, it's so important that your attitude be right. And I don't know about you, but I have to regularly uh, adjust my attitude. Do you ever need an attitude adjustment? Boy, I do sometimes, man. And I, I just have to, yeah, I have to get a hold of myself. Wait a minute, buddy. This attitude stinks. Because I know if I don't get a hold of it soon, Cindy will let me know. <laughs> 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 or whatever it might be. 
So uh, money and attitude. So it's all important about how we approach our work. <clears throat> As I said earlier, there seem to be two prevailing attitudes in the world, but especially in the church I've noticed it. It's either the love of money or the fear of money. <clears throat> the love of money, this, this is brought out in 1 Timothy. Let's read it over there because sometimes we read things or we misquote things. <clears throat> 1 Timothy 6. Let's turn over there real quick. Verse 10. <clears throat> he says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Love of money. In other words, money begins to be my source. Money is the only reason I get up and go to work. Boy, I'm telling you what, it ain't going to take long for that to get old. I don't care. Nothing wrong. Don't misunderstand me. I'm glad that you're making money. And even if you make good money. But I want to tell you what, that's still not enough. It's not. Because what happens when you start loving money, you, you know, you can... You can, you know, anything, you can take anything that's, that's uh, good and true and you can take it to an extreme and all of a sudden it gets out of balance. God wants us to live a balanced life. It says in Proverbs that uh, 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 a balance or weights that are out of balance, a scale that's out of balance is an abomination to God. And so we want to live a balanced life, and this is what God wants us to do. So money, I begin to see money as my source, and I'm going to work, you know, it's not enough to work 40 or 50 hours. You know, now I've got to work 60 or 70. You know, I'm going to work three jobs. I'm going to, you know, all of a sudden now my relationship with my wife and my family begins to suffer. Why? Because of the love of money. I begin to make unwise decisions because of the love of money. Amen? Unwise investments. I spend money in the wrong way. Amen. We've all heard the stories of boys and their toys. <laughs> Women's in their wardrobe. I'm an equal opportunist. <clears throat> Don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> money is my source. And he said, we have to be careful. This is why when we understand that, that money is a part of working, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't misunderstand me. Hear me clearly. But that is not the sole reason we work. We work for purpose. We work to develop the skills, the talents God's given me. And we work because what? It is a way of serving God and serving our community. Really, we are carrying on the mandate that God gave Adam. He said, he said, start here in Eden. But he said, I want you to eventually, he said, I want you to, to, to cultivate and make Eden of all the planet. So when we're serving in our job, it's not just that we're serving our immediate uh, boss or supervisor or our company. We are, but we're also serving our community. Because what you do flows out into the community. And everything is connected and everything is important. Amen? Man, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, you know, especially here in Alabama, if, you've, uh, if you're new to this region, you may not have gone through a tornado yet. But you will. You say, oh, don't speak that. I don't have to speak it. It's going to happen. <laughs> Amen? But, but the tornadoes come through and the lights go out. You ever had that happen? 
Man, isn't that fun? Hallelujah. My food's going to spoil. It's hot and sticky. And the hotter the temperature gets in here, the hotter people's, well, we won't go there. It's not pleasant, is it? And you got those guys out there while the storm is still happening, while there's lightning going, there's rain coming down, and there's guys out there, believe, out there on purpose, going up in those buckets where there is thousands of volts of electricity. The rain is pouring down, the lightning is flashing, the winds are still blowing, and those people are up there repairing those lines. Oh, hallelujah. Sure is nice when those lights come back on, but it wasn't magic. It wasn't just by prayers alone, nothing wrong with praying. But somebody got up in that bucket and got up there and risked their well-being, what? To get electricity back on for you. That's a service. Amen? Makes you realize all these people we need to be praying. That's why we need to be praying for them. The love of money. Money is your source. If money is your source, then you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to begin to get greedy and covetous. You know? Because if, if money is my source, then I certainly don't want, I don't want to be. Say, what about giving how much? To church? You know, I read sometimes about these people that have been so blessed financially. I'm not going to call names, but they're, you know, prominent people either in, uh, you know, in the political realm or the entertainment realm. And you read there and I see, you know, where many of them, they never give anything or they give 1% to charity. You know what I know right away? Money is, their, is what they're all about. It's their source. Because if money is your source, the next thing you know, you're going to want to hold on to all you can. And all of a sudden, greed and covetous begin to get a hold of you. Now, we know this. We know what the Bible says. Well, I'll tell you what. Man, I'll tell you what. Man, none of those wicked people that are, you know, that are gambling and, you know, and they're into the sex trade and they're into all that kind of stuff. They ain't going to make it to the kingdom. But let me tell you this. You can read over there. We won't have time, but 1 Corinthians 5, 11, along with all that group that we talk about, you know, that, you know, they're definitely not going. Paul also puts in there the covetous. Woo. Well, I don't do none of that other stuff. Man, I don't smoke or dip or kick the cat. I know I'm all right. But he put that right in there with all this other stuff. The sexually impure, with the profane, with the ungodly, and the covetous. See, one of the reasons that as we become generous with our giving, that is the antidote to covetous and greed. Because what? Money is not the end all and be all. God is. God's my source. And it allows me to what? Become generous. To become generous. And the other thing, real quickly, I'm, I'm going to have to stop. I'm not going to get through, but that's okay. The fear of money. The fear of money causes me to what? To hold on to it. Because, you know, man, I can't give that 50 bucks. I might need it. Yeah, you better hang on to it with that attitude. You're going to need it. Because the devil's going to see to it that you need it. Amen. No. See, when we see work as a different thing, when we see the value 
that's going to be generated, the increased value. It's the same thing with the seed. When you plant a seed, you don't just get a stalk with one seed in it. You plant a piece of corn, you don't just get a stalk with a piece, one piece of corn. What good would that do us? Might as well go ahead and eat the corn and lay down. And see, the idea is, see, when you go to work and you begin to develop your abilities, when you go and you begin to invest your time and your talents and all of that, along with, with your prayers and all the things that you do uh, from the spiritual point of view, but when you do that, you know what? All of that is seed. And when seed is sown or seed is invested, God has created the kingdom and He has created this earth also as a reflection of the kingdom that when we invest something, the return is always greater. See, if you eat your seed, well, hope you enjoyed it. That's the end of it. See, that's why you need, we're going to talk about saving, investing, yeah, you know, saving for retirement. We're going to talk about all those. Well, I ain't got enough to do that. Well, you need to start doing some things to put money to work for you. Well, I'm praying that God, you know, will help me win the lottery. <laughs> Where's that at in here? I can't find that. Now, if you win it, we're happy for you. But I don't find that. I don't find that. I've already, you know, I, I take that back. I have found the lottery. <laughs> the good thing about this one, though, it's not about chance. It's about purpose. It's about faith. It's about what God has done. And so as we seek first, see, all these things we talk about relating to finances, as we look at it, it we're seeking and discovering the ways of the kingdom. This is how it works. So that now money becomes a servant, not a God. Money's my servant. Say that with me. Money is my servant. God wants wealth and money, which is, you know, is a, a medium of expressing that wealth. He wants it to work for us. You'd be amazed at the, at the principle of compound interest. It'd blow your mind. That's, that's something that anybody can do. Put your money to work for you. Let it multiply. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, that's what the world's doing. You know when they, you get those credit card offers? You get a, we got a great introductory rate for you. Man, I don't remember who it is, but... Uh, every once in a while, we'll get these. They send you ch negotiable checks in the mail. Anybody ever got any of that stuff? Because you're so wonderful, we're sending you this check for $20,000. But when you read it on the, on the back side, the interest rate approaches 50%. It'll take you, if you pay the minimum, it would take you 25 years to pay it back. Well, see, they're working it for their benefit against you. But you can turn that thing around and work it for your benefit. And so we're going to talk about some practical things too. But it all still relates back to the kingdom of God and the way that God made it to work. So I want to lay this foundation. Let's think about in our action points here, what is your view of work? I mean, tomorrow's Monday. Monday, Monday. 
you know. You got to get up tomorrow. Most of us will get up tomorrow and go to work. Well, relate that to what? To purpose. Find the purpose that God has you there. Not, not, not only to, to reach people and witness. Yes, that, that's, that could be a part of it. But also the work itself has a purpose. And it will, you know, and it's also what? For your development. You're developing skills and talents. We didn't have time to get into it today, but you remember the parable Jesus said of the talents? He said, he said now this is what the kingdom of God's like. You know, he gave one five, one two, and to another one one. And it says the one with five, my translation says he immediately went out and put it to work. And the one with two, it says he immediately went out and put it to work. And you know what happened? It doubled. Wow. You know, if we put money to work and let money work for us, you know what's going to happen? It'll double because Jesus said this is the way the kingdom works. Wow, what if your income doubled? What if your savings doubled? What if you were completely out of debt and you were, your money was working for you now instead of working against you? That would be all right, wouldn't it? Did you know... Prosperity is the kingdom norm. Just like healing is the kingdom norm. Peace of mind is the kingdom norm. God's given us salvation as the doorway through Jesus Christ. And He's given us uh, insight and understanding through the Word of God and through the promises of God so that what? We can reset our life to the kingdom norms. You ever had to reset your computer? God's saying he wants to reset. And so it starts with our view of it. God, there's nothing, absolutely nothing holy about poverty. Now listen, I have gone through seasons of lack. Sometimes it was as I obeyed God, I went through a temporary setback sometimes most of the times it's just because I was dumb sorry sorry you got a dumb pastor see you need to pray for me but I'm doing better I'm getting better amen but it's the kingdom norm see I grew up dirt poor anybody know what that means and so I thought this is the norm yeah, you know, I was like the goldfish in that little goldfish bowl. Water here, water there, water there. Poverty here, poverty there, poverty there. You know, the, the poor usually don't hang out with the wealthy. So I didn't see anything, but everybody else around me was just like us. They were poor too. And then, you know, you, you run across some Christians or some preachers and say, well, you know, that's a godly thing to be poor. Well, man, I mean, I wasn't even saved, and I was the godliest person I knew on our road. <laughs> See, we got to understand, what is the kingdom norm? It's not what I think. It's not what you think. It's not what some preacher said. It's right what this book says. And didn't the Apostle John, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle John, 3 John 2, said, Beloved, I wish above all things, I pray above all things, that you may prosper and be in health. What's the two main things the world's looking for? 
What if you said, I've got a guaranteed plan. Listen into my podcast. I've got a guaranteed. I might do this. I've got a guaranteed plan that's guaranteed to do two things for you, to prosper you and to give you health in your body. Man, I no telling how many followers I might have on that. <laughs> Jesus had the original podcast. And we are following. I'm not following all these other gurus. I'm following the Lord Jesus. Amen. And I've definitely hit the like button. I like his style. I like the way he does things. So here's the thing. What's your view of work? What's your attitude toward money? Do you love it? Do you fear it? And then thirdly, how might you glorify God in the workplace? And I don't mean getting up on your desk and prophesying I'm talking about the way you use your talent the attitude that you approach the way you do your work all of that it glorifies God amen amen father thank you that you have given us your word your wisdom to help us understand what work is about It's a stewardship commission that you've given to us so that we can utilize all the resources that we've received from you and we can increase their value for your glory and we can serve those around us. Father, I thank you that you will will elevate our understanding about work, what it's about to, to bring about purpose growth and development and to serve our communities and those around us. Father, we want to glorify you in all that we do. Father, I pray this for all of us in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.